And we're recording. Hello. Hi. Welcome to Girls in Real Life. This is Eden. And this is Natalie. How's it going? Uh, yeah, how's it going? Right, wait, are you asking me or are you asking our audience? Uh, we'll leave this time silent so you guys can answer me. <laughs> oh, you don't want to know how I'm doing? <laughs> Get closer to the mic. Am I too far? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking me specifically, Eden. That was really nice of you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, um, welcome to our second episode. Kind of. Depends on whether we publish this. <laughs> this might be our third one. All right, so let me explain a few things to you guys. So, mm, so the last episode you heard was the one about pirates, which was our first episode, and we recorded that about two months ago. Um, following that, we recorded about three episodes, all of which are not working. Like, <laughs> so someone, we won't say who. Our editor, Natalie. <laughs> How dare you. I was hoping to be anonymous, but I accidentally deleted um, one of our episodes and then uh, two other episodes got all wonky. One of them was nowhere to be found in the other one. Um, we sounded like robot alien demons, probably because of our microphone. Um, so while... And our microphone wasn't working for our last episode. Yeah. Not for this one either. So we're just using my... Eden, you have to get closer. You're so quiet. So we're using my laptop mic, which is why I'm yelling at Eden so often to move closer because she's very soft-spoken. Hi, can you hear me? That's terrifying. Can you hear me? Anyways, moving on. So um, while this is your, this for you guys is the second episode, this is actually our sixth episode because also we just recorded an episode about a show that we like which kind of was a hot mess, and we can't decide if we want to publish that one or not. Mm-hmm. So we're just all going to see what happens. Yep. Yep. And on that note, today's episode is Women in World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was my idea, not to brag, but it was a great idea. Um, <laughs> mostly because I would say out of all of the eras and all of the wars that happened on this earth, World War II is probably my fave, my personal fave. Mm-hmm. And I feel like oftentimes we see so many things about the men's role in World War II, which obviously makes sense because they were the main people that were in combat in World War II. Um, we don't often hear the women's side. And actually, they had a huge role in World War II because of reasons that we will get into. So, Eden, mm-hmm. do you have anything else you want to add to my introduction to our topic today? Uh, nope. Yay, World War II. (laughs) (laughs) Glad it happened. (laughs) Okay, so do you want to start or do you want me to start? Well, okay, I have a couple of, like, stats and facts about World War II and some recommendations on shows. Okay, so this is, I think this is from the History Channel's website. But during World War II, about 
350,000 women served in the U.S. Armed Forces at home and abroad. So that included the Women's Air Force Service Pilots, which is what I will be talking about today. Um, And they were awarded with the prestigious Congressional Gold Medal in 2010. Um, but meanwhile, widespread male enlistment left gaping holes in the industrial labor, for- labor force. So between 1940 and 1945, um, the female percentage of the U.S. workforce increased from 27% to nearly 37%. And by 1945, nearly one out of every four married women worked outside the home. So basically, because men were gone fighting the war, um, women had to take... (laughs) Don't laugh at me. Women had to take their place in the workforce. So a lot of women were working industrial jobs. um, And a lot of women working in factories to create things for the war, like missiles aircrafts, other things. And the reason why I know this is because I've seen so many movies and TV shows that took place in World War II. So I have a few suggestions for you guys because I love TV, I love watching it, and that makes me sound like a nerd who doesn't have friends and just watches Netflix all the time, but you know, it's okay, I'm fine with that. She pays me to be her friend. It's true. She's the only friend I have. And she's not even a good one, so... (laughs) (laughs) You suck. So, um, first thing I want to recommend to you guys is The Bletchley Circle, which is a very good BBC show. It takes place after the war, but what happened was these four women worked with Alan Turing. If you guys don't know who Alan Turing is, you should look him up. He's a cool dude. Um, Also, I will talk about him and another thing. Anyways, so he wor- she, they worked with Alan Turing, so they're very smart, very intelligent women, and they used the skills they used working for Alan Turing, which is, like, kind of solving, like, like crossword puzzles is a really big part of that. And they solved murders. It's so good. So Wait, good. is this fictional? It's fictional. Okay. But, you know, it's still good. All of these things that I'm going to tell you, except for two, are fictional. Second is Foil's War, which is a classic BBC show. It's a mystery show. It takes place during World War II, and that's a good one. Second one is Bomber Girls. It takes place in Canada, so if you can stand watching Canadians for a while, you can. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't know. Actually, no, just kidding. I know one Canadian very nice person. So, um, Bomber Girls in Canada. Um, second one is the Imitation Game, which is about Alan Turing, who created obviously the Turing machine, which is I think one of the, the first, first computer. computer. Yeah. Um, and then and it won the war. It did win the war. It has. It's a great movie with Benedict Cumberbatch, Keira Knightley, um, and some other people who I forgot. And then second one is one of my all-time favorites, A League of Their Own. Have you seen that movie? Mm-mm. What? What is it? It's takes place during World War II, obviously, and it's about the women who are left because during the time there wasn't really a baseball league, so they started an all-American women's league. Aww. And it has Tom Hanks as that girl from Thelma and Louise, and it has Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell 
<laughs> this is an all-star cast. <laughs> it is. It really is. It's such a good movie. And those are the movies I have recommended for you guys. So if you guys also dig... Oh, well, another one is Unbroken, which is about... Have you seen Unbroken? Mm-mm. It's about Louis Zamperini, who is an Olympian. He was an Olympic runner. Served in World War II. He, his airplane got shot down, and he and some of his other crew members were um floating on the water for a really long time they get taken by the japanese and they are prisoners of war for a very long time it's an excellent movie also a very good book it made me cry so but i cry a lot at night that makes just kidding <laughs> but anyways, those are my recommendations, and that is a brief introduction about the women in World War Two. Eden, do you want to go first with your person, since I talked, like, for so long? Sure. Yay. I also would throw uh, one more thing into... Recommendations? Mm-hmm. Yay. It'd be Grave of Fireflies. What is that? It came from Studio Ghibli, and it's, the, it's an animated film of um, a brother and a sister who are orphaned by the atomic bomb. Oh, that sounds awesome. I mean, not awesome, but, you know. Uh, you should watch it when you're in the mood for it, because I watch it when you're old enough. Oh. Because I watched it when I was way too young, and I was very traumatized. Really? Was it, like, violent? It was just... It was sad? Just so sad. It was so sad. Oh. But, well, um, you God. know, atomic bombs are horrible... I mean, they're not happy things. Horrible things. Yeah. So, I, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Good recommendation. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, my, so you're talking, are you talking more about women? I mean, <laughs> American <laughs> I think, women? Um, yeah, my person is an American person, but I'm okay if your person is an American. Mine isn't a specific person. It's like a group of women. Do it. Yeah, that's fine. They were called the comfort women and they were um, forced into sexual slavery by the oh. Imperial Japanese army to this is important because if we don't talk about them then we forget about them then it's like they never existed if you could see my face right now i'm literally so skeptical but go ahead so skeptical of comfort women no i'm skeptical of what you're about to tell me (laughs) okay let me talk about comfort women okay comfort women it's basically a euphemism for prostitutes that i figured yeah Yeah. sexual comfort yeah Mm mm-hmm they were these were women and girls forced into sexual slavery before, during, and after World War Two, uh-huh. and was established by the Imperial Japanese Army, um, not by the government, by the army. Yeah, different things. Uh, but at the same time, like the government didn't do too much to stop it. Oh, um, and that's because Japan has a weird open relationship with prostitution that in general. Is very weird. But um. Anyway, even to this day, we're not exactly sure how many women and girls were involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ranges from 20,000 girls. And that's a conservative number uh, given by a Japanese scholar. Oh. And um, so it ranges from 20,000 to 410,000. Whoa. And that's offered by a Chinese scholar. Oh. Who, so the Japanese, like. Or, yeah. Well, I was going to say they're downplaying it a little bit, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Japanese. Japanese probably downplays it. Chinese might be upplaying That's it. That's true. Um, because they were victims. Yeah. But it's hard to tell. Who knows? No one knows to this yeah. day. Um, so, yeah. These women came from mostly occupied countries in, uh, in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. 
So this is Korea, China, Philippines. There were a small amount from the Netherlands and Australia. Wow. I'm not sure how they got, got there. Got yeah. There. I could see Australia. Yeah. But Netherlands, I'm like, that's hmm. weird. Um, and then once they were kidnapped, uh, they were sent to comfort stations. That's what they're called. That they're really brothels? Basically. We've talked about brothels before. Me and you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our last episode. Oh, yeah. Floating. For some reason, I ate pig really. <laughs> Just in our com- casual conversations at work, we just <laughs> talked about brothels. So, Natalie, that brothel <laughs> last night, huh? That was really fun. Anyway, the army established comfort uh, stations because they wanted to, um, one, reduce the number of Japanese army rape crimes. Oh. And therefore, two, prevent the rise of hostility among occupied people. Oh, yeah. But there's a Japanese historian who said that it actually aggravated these two problems. I'm sure it's <laughs> Surprise! Did. I'm so shocked right now. And then, um, mainly the reason why the Japanese army did that was to provide women's to keep the men content so they wouldn't... Yeah. ...revolt. Yeah. Yikes. Right? Yeah, that's really unfortunate. Ugh. Ugh. That was a really weird, frustrated noise that I made. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Anyways. So, the early comfort women started with Japanese prostitutes who volunteered for that quote-unquote They volunteered? Yeah. Interesting. Um, but they ran out of volunteers because there weren't that many prostitutes. (laughs) I'm shocked. Um, so they ended up, the army ended up coercing a lot of local women. Oh, no. And... Uh, and or straight up, I wrote, straight up abducted them. Oh, no. Oh, no. And they would disguise, they would basically post job listings for, like, oh, we need nurses or factory oh, workers. no. And then ended up trafficking them. No, 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 no. That makes me sad. I know. But, um, yeah, so they started bringing more women into the country, but the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Japan... Refused to issue travel visas, oh, which was good because they were like making us like taking a stand. But at the same time, it mm-hmm. made it more, it made it go more underground. Yeah. Um. They, well, I think, like the whole thing is really bad. I think the worst one that they did was they set up a school specifically for no. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this. Hui, H U I. Hui. Hui Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, they're an ethnic minority. Okay. Uh, and they're mostly Muslims. Oh. So they set up a school for Hui Chinese Muslims, and then once they enrolled, they were enslaved. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, and then... Um, demand... Okay. Mm-hmm. The army would demand local leaders of occupied areas to take their own women mm. and send them over, and when <gasps> they would refuse, <laughs> they had this strategy called the three alls. What is that? Kill all, <gasps> burn all, loot all. No! Yeah. Oh my gosh! So, it was just That's like... so ruthless. If they were ruthless, the ar- that army was ruthless. Oh my gosh. Um... 
Which makes me sad because, like, I don't know. This is, like, a debate of, that people always bring up. But, like, sure. were, were those nuclear bombs necessary? Yeah. If you look at how ruthless these people were, like, these Maybe. people. Yeah. These people. <laughs> this particular era of the army. Yeah. This particular time and this particular army. Mm-hmm. They um, were ruthless. They were ruthless, like. Yeah. I don't know. It's really hard to talk about because, like, obviously, um, you know, all of that's behind us and they are no longer like that. But it's something. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> she sneezed so loud. Um, there's something. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Like, obviously, they're not like that anymore, but they were like that. And I still think it's something that we need to talk about. But it's hard because it's not my culture. You know what I mean? Like, it's not my my personal ethnic background. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Just food for thought, audience. It is food for thought. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Oops. Eden, your phone is not on silent. Sorry. My phone's on silent. Actually. Yeah, yeah. It's on silent. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. Anyway. Is that it? No, there's like tons more. Bless you. We could talk all day about it, actually. I don't know but if I want to. We don't have all day. And well, it's a no. really sad... Yeah. Sad topic. But basically, um, it was just a lot of horrible things, mm. right? Um, people were sent to... They call them frontline brothels to, like, mm-hmm. up employee morale. Not, Ugh. like, soldier morale. Ah. Could you imagine, like, no. a company culture like that? <laughs> That's essentially what their company culture yeah, was. Yeah, it was. Like, hey, like, hey, you, you feeling need... down? Go to this you brothel. You need to, like, deal with issues that a therapist could help you out with, uh, don't do Just that. Just have sex with a prostitute. Yeah. Oh, poor babies. They were probably, some of them were probably very young, probably, too. yeah. Thanks for choosing such a fun one, Eden. You're welcome. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, a lot of documents about Comfort Women didn't show up till around 2007. I wonder why. And, um, it just, like, like, people just come kept on unearthing documents through, like, 2015. No. Where they just, like, would find out, like, the actual situations and, like, what how... What really happened. What really happened. And that's why, like, we still don't know today how many people, how many women were, mm-hmm. and girls were comfort women. Um, basically... But they, they estimate that about three quarters of comfort women died during oh, the war. Oh, no! And most survivors were left infertile. No. Due to sexual trauma. No. Or STDs. Oh, no. This is really distressing. I know. I'm really sorry. But, like, yeah. There there are, like, a couple of notable former comfort women who are um, seeking for... Compensation? Yeah. Compensation, official apology. Yeah. Um... And stuff like that, but, like, huh. for just various reasons, it hasn't happened. Or it's happened, but not, like, on a public enough scale that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. These are the women of World War Two. Yeah, like the seriously. victims of an insane, like, we always talk about Hitler and stuff, which is good that we talk about Yes, that. obviously, that needs to be talked about. But, like, the fact that... I never learned about this. In no, school. I've never heard about this before. Um, it's upsetting. That it is very upsetting. Um, because twenty thousand to four hundred ten thousand women. Yeah. 
And it's upsetting that we don't hear about it because that's like important. Like these women need to be remembered. Um, We need to learn from our mistakes, even though I don't, I, I don't know. I was about to say, I don't see anything of this magnitude happening today, but actually I think it could happen today. You know, and I think, and there is modern yep, day. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's yeah. literally what I was thinking. Ugh, Natalie, get it together. But yeah, like it's it's really sad to me that we don't hear about this because we need to. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a fun one. <laughs> it's okay. Um, that's so. Wait, you like when we talked about doing this, you weren't like, oh, let me choose a specific person. You never thought about that. No. Oh. I thought of, well, I guess I could have chose a specific woman who's, like, a, an advocate for these comfort women, but mm-hmm. I decided to just go through the whole history of it. I think that's good. Um, because this happened on the, I don't know, because it didn't involve Americans, we don't hear about it. Yeah, I think that's probably a big reason why. Um, so I think that's very, like, self-absorbed of Yeah, it America. is very self-absorbed of America. America has been kind of self-absorbed mm-hmm. as of late. I, it was between this or the Japanese internment camp camps. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm really sorry. Two very happy subjects. Yeah. Well, thanks, Eden. You're welcome. Okay. Your turn. Well, um. On that note. I know. Let's move on. So I actually did a person because, <laughs> you know, that's what we were supposed to do. Just kidding. So, I found this good... No. We never determined that. I thought it was implied. A specific person? Yes. You never thought... No. No? No. Really? I thought... I, like, totally thought it was implied. I thought you would just know. (laughs) (laughs) There's a difference between implication and actual communication. We need to talk more. Yeah, we do need to talk more. Um, So, I found this really good list on Upworthy about 15 women of World War II that you didn't know about. And I will post that to our Facebook page because, also, um, don't know if you guys have noticed, but we've been really sucking at social media. (laughs) And um, it's entirely our fault. (laughs) Like, I'm just really bad at keeping up with social media. So now is a good time to tell you that we will be accepting applications for social media interns. You won't be paid. Nope, you won't. Um, but you—the only payment that we can give you is the satisfaction of a job well done, our um, uncensored friendship, maybe some food. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't think we're really accepting applications. But really, if like you want to help us out, that would be fun mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. Maybe not for you, but for us. It'll <laughs> be fun for you too. You get to research. Yeah. Incredible. Work. You can do all our research for us too. Yeah. yeah. We really need like a lot of interns. It's not working, just the two of us. <laughs> we need more people. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that later. But, anyways, I'll post the uh, link to the 15 BA women of World War II you didn't learn about history class on Facebook after this episode is published. But one person I decided to focus on was Jacqueline. Cotrin, her she went by Jackie. Um, she was born in Florida, the Florida Panhandles in 1906, and it's really cool because she was a former beautician turned pilot. And according to the National Wasp World War II Museum, I believe Wasp stands for 
Like women, nope. Women air, nope. <laughs> <laughs> women Air Force service pilots. Oh. Um, she holds more international speed, distance, and altitude records than any other pilot, male or female, to this day. That's incredible. Yeah. So she was born in 1906, as I mentioned previously. She was the only woman to complete. Um, to compete, I'm sorry, in the Mac Robertson Air Race in 1934. And in 1937, she was the only woman to compete in the Bendix race. And she actually worked with Amelia Earhart to open that race to women. Aww. So she also set a new um, women's national speed record in 1937. So before the war, she was definitely into um, piloting airplanes. As one does. And so uh, already before World War, before the United States got involved in World War II in 1938, she was considered the best female pirate in the United... Pirate. <laughs> Just kidding. That's a different episode that you already listened to. The best <laughs> female pilot in the United States. And she set a new transcontinental continental speed record as well as an altitude record. Um, she has so many accomplishments. It makes me feel like, like a little baby who's done nothing. She was the first woman to fly a bomber across the Atlantic. She won five Harmon trophies as the outstanding woman pilot in the world, the world. And she sometimes called her, sometimes people called her the, the speed queen, and at the time of her death, no other pilot held more speed, distance, or altitude records in aviation history either than Jacqueline. Isn't That's that incredible. crazy? And it's so, like, there's so many more amazing things that I'm going to get to, but I just want to pause for a moment and say, why is there not a movie about this woman? Like, why don't we know more about her? Because we see so many movies about acts of heroism that men have done in World War II, which definitely should be spotlighted, but I feel like... Spotlit? Highlighted. Highlight. I wanted to say spotlight. Spotlit? Anyways. But I feel like we don't often hear about the women who have fought in World War II because there's a surprising um, amount of them. Like, you would be surprised at how many women actually had a a role in the war. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I'm just saying we need to write a script on this. Um, So... In 1940, Jacqueline wrote um, to Eleanor Roosevelt to introduce the idea of starting a women's flying division in the Air Force. Um, So she kind of had to talk to the right people and she got to Lieutenant Henry, (coughs) sorry, Lieutenant General Henry H. Arnold, who's a chief of the Air Corps. Um, and who ended up being the commanding general of the Air Force um, when it was created in 1941. So he knew that women were being successfully used in the ATA in England, so he suggested that Cotron... I feel weird saying her last name. I'm just going to say Jacqueline. He suggested that Jacqueline took a group of qualified female pilots to see how the British were using women in in the war. And Yeah, and he promised that no would no decisions about women flying in the Air Force would be made until she returned. So when he asked her to go in 1942, she asked that 76 of the most qualified female pirates 
pilots, oh my gosh, I cannot <laughs> speak today, pilots um, would come along with her. So they had to pass really high, they had a really high bar, they had crazy high qualifications, they had to have at least 300 hours of flying time, but actually, interestingly enough, most of the women had over a thousand hours of flying time. Dang. Yes, I know. So those who made it in Canada, uh, made it to Canada, found out the washout rate was high for women pilots. So a total of uh, 25 passed the test, and two months later, they went to Britain to join the ATA. Isn't that wild? That's incredible. I know. I know. And so... Um, I could do that. Yeah. Okay. I got one hour of flying in. When? There was a group on. <laughs> That gave me, like, a, a lesson. In it's flying. basically the same thing. It's basically the same. Mm-hmm. I'm actually Jackie. Mm. Jack, Jackie. Yeah, except she was blonde and white. Oh. Yeah. That's not what I am. No. But you're cute. Thanks. You're welcome. Keep going. Okay, I was actually going to say, I think I'm going to be really bad at flying. I'm terrified of heights. I got really motion sick up there. Did you? Yeah. What type of plane were you flying? It was a really small one. Like, and okay. my teacher had his own set of controls and I had my own set of controls. Yeah, that's And I think maybe like one or two other people could have sat behind us. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. But they didn't. Because um, they were scared. Uh-huh. That you were going to crash. Uh-huh. Yep. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, basically we just... You know how like when you're up in the sky you feel like the, the plane's going so slow? Yeah. It was like that and it was kind of... Everything was going in slow motion. And I didn't get enough sleep the night before, so everything was Eden! Just, I know. You didn't get sleep the night before you flew a plane? He could have taken over at any time. Yes, but I just feel like that's a really bad idea. <laughs> Eden! You could have I, died. I flew it perfectly. You could have died. And it was fine. Are you, you taking pictures of me? No. <laughs> yes. Okay, you could have died, Eden. Look at this picture of you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll post it to Facebook. Excellent. Um, I'm just really sad that you didn't get enough sleep. I feel like that's a bad idea for when you ply a, ply a plane. Fly a plane. Because <laughs> all those planes need flying. <laughs> I'm just going to say that we're both very tired. It's been a long week for both of us. Mm-hmm. It was my last week at work. It was very emotionally exhausting. I had to prepare my backup to do my job so I could go to Thailand. Yeah, she's going to Thailand on Wednesday. Um, forever. Forever. She's never coming back. Uh, which is fine with me, I think. Whatever. Yeah. You'll miss me. Mm, nope. Okay, sorry. Anyways, okay, so back to Jacqueline. So, um, in 1943, uh, the Women's Air Force Service pilots were created, and that is called WASP. Isn't that so cool? There were wasps. Eden, they were <laughs> wasps. Know. They were wasps. Um, and Jacqueline was a director. Ah! Our girl is a director. I think it's so cool. She's so cool. She's so cool. Um, so as the director of wasps, she supervised the training of hundreds of women pilots. Um, and... Yes, and it was estimated that between 1942 and 1945, she supervised the training of more than a thousand female pilots for the WASP program, and she, her efforts were recognized with the Distinguished Service Medal and the Distinguished Flying Cross. Ah, so good, but unfortunately, in Uh-oh. January 1944, the War Department. Um, oh wait, no, sorry, this isn't the unfortunate part. 
unfortunate part yet. Um, in 1944, the War Department announced that the Army Air Force's women fatal and non-fatal accident rates were lower than the men's. So did you fatal- say unfortunately? No, I I was thinking of another fact that's coming. Oh, later. but but no, okay. yeah, I, I I quickly fixed that. So the um, fatal and non-fatal a- accidents were lower than the men's. That's impressive. Yeah. Yes, it is, Eden. It's probably because they got a good night's sleep. Yeah, unlike you when mm-hmm. you flew. But anyways. Um, so, okay, here's the unfortunate part. So Congress ended up voting against admitting the WASP into the military. So the program had to be deactivated, hmm. um, which is a bummer. And also uh, male pilots, of course, were they conducted a campaign against WASP because they thought women weren't needed. Rude. So, yeah. Surprise, surprise. So that was a bummer, obviously, but that did not stop Jacqueline. Um, after the war, she became the first woman to break the sound barrier. Whoa! Yes! I know! Are you so proud? I'm so... That's uh, impressive. I know! I know, I know. And she was hired by a magazine to report on global post-war events, and um, she was the first non-Japanese woman to enter Japan after World War II. Mm. And she attended the uh, Nuremberg trials in Germany. Mm. Um, She joined the Air Force in 1948 as a lieutenant colonel. She was promoted to colonel in 1969 and retired in 1970. Um, How old was she in 1970? uh, So she was born in 1906, so 64. Dang. Yeah. She had a pretty impressive career. Um, She was the first woman to land and take off from an aircraft carrier, the first woman to pilot a bomber across the North Atlantic, and to fly a jet aircraft on a transatlantic flight, the first pilot to make a blind landing, the only woman ever to be the president of the Federation, uh, okay, this is in French, Federation Astronautique... In- <laughs> international i think that's the federation of international astronauts maybe i don't Probably. speak french the first woman to fly a fixed wing jet aircraft across the atlantic the first pilot to fly above um twenty thousand feet with an oxygen mask and the first woman to enter the bendix const- transcontinental race and she holds still the most distant and speed records than any other Pilot, dead or alive, male or female. That's crazy. And that is Jacqueline Cotrin. <laughs> Isn't that so amazing? Mm-hmm. We need to, like, make a movie about her. We do. To us. You name it. Specifically. Jackie. Jack- like- Jackie O. <laughs> like the movie <laughs> that just movie? came out yeah. with Natalie Portman <laughs> yeah. and she got nominated for that. Well, sure. Uh-huh. Sure. Isn't that impressive? That is really impressive. I just, I really love, um... Like I said before, I really love World War Two. Also, we we've only been we only have thirty five minutes so far. We oh. can talk about more things. What should we talk about? More World War Two things. Let me lay down some facts for you guys. I love World War Two because women were introduced in the workforce more. They had a big role in um, the war, obviously. But after the war ended and all the men came home a lot of women were laid off of their jobs. And there is this huge, um, this huge wave, like this huge campaign to 
quote unquote refeminize women and to make them want to be um, more domestic. So I don't know if you noticed, um, and this is all f- I'm I'm summarizing and probably very wrongly summarizing these facts, but it's it can be found in the wonderful documentary Misrepresentation, which is a great documentary about hip- how women are represented in the media, politics, history, um, business, etc. But based on what I remember from that documentary, um, if you'll notice in the 50s, a lot of TV shows showed women that were so happy to be mothers, which is fine, but they were showed with like cutting edge kitchen technology, like shiny appliances, beautiful dresses, a happy, beautiful family life. And it was all in an attempt to make women want to return to that life again after um, being totally BA and working their butts off during World War II. Hmm. Isn't that sad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's an interesting fact about a factoid about World War II. Thanks for that factoid. You're welcome. Did you like that? I did. That was beautiful. I think our audience will like it more. I think so, too. I hope so. But should we say bye? No, I I feel like we can talk about more things, but I don't have anything else to talk about with World War Two. Mostly, the next thing I want to talk about is how Dev Patel has a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I think the book I'm about to read is about World War. Yeah, II. you are. So Eden's reading a book called All the Light We Cannot See, which I read and I hated, but you know that's just me. It's about World War Two. It takes place in Germany and in France. I'm reading it for book club. Gross. I truly hated that book. You're gross. No, I'm a beautiful woman. I'm a strong, sensual woman. What's that from? You're gross. That's from Bob's Burgers. You're gross. Shut up, Eden. Um, let, let me talk about all the light we cannot see for a brief moment as I am lying here. Literally, um, just so you can get a picture of what it looks like with us recording, Eden is lying on her bed. And I am lying on the floor with a pillow under my head because we were both so tired. But All the Light We Cannot See takes place during World War II, but is literally, the plot is weighed down by so much imagery and so much description. Um, Like, pages upon pages, and I cannot find the plot. When I read that, I was like, what is even happening? All I'm getting is descriptions of how this lake looks. Ugh! Anyways, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was bad, and that's it. And I was very disappointed because so many people liked it, but I did not like it. Yeah, it has, like, almost five stars. Yeah, and I think it, like, won awards, and I don't know why, because I truly do not like that book. I thought it was so boring. It was, like, if you cut down, it's, like, a really thick book. If you cut down all of the imagery, it'd be, like, a hundred pages of plot honestly like that book just relies on all this description anyways maybe he's doing a russian approach yes because we all love because i love those russian writers i definitely loved crime and punishment hated that book i love anna karenina that is a depressing book so good though did you see the movie with kira knightley i did not it's way good it's really cool because it all takes place on a stage. Oh yeah, I know. I'm aware of it. You are oh, I'm I'm, I'm aware. You of already it, knew about it. Whatever. Anyways, well, guys, <laughs> thanks for 
for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, if you ever have any feedback, let us know if you want us to do things differently, like be more on topic and research facts more and be more accurate. Let us know. Uh, yep. Anything else? Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. And we will catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.